Malcolm, the civil rights bill is with us now. What will it mean? Well, I'm not very excited at all over the civil rights bill, primarily because it's a law, and the Supreme Court desegregation decision was also a law that was handed down by the highest court in the land 10 years ago, and they haven't been able to implement it even here in New York City or any other city in the North much less try and implement it in the South. And if they can't implement this, this single law that was handed down by the highest court in the land, I'm very doubtful that they'll be able to enforce any of the, law that's, any of the laws that are now uh, on the books in this uh, recently passed the civil rights legislation. You don't think it's even a step then? No, I don't think it's any step. Uh, the Constitution of the United States automatically is supposed to be sufficient to protect anybody who's born here who's a citizen. And if the Constitution uh, uh, includes all of those who are born here, I don't see why additional legislation is needed when it comes to the rights of the Negro. If the Polish people and the Hungarians and the Russians and others who come here as refugees don't need civil rights legislation in order to be recognized as citizens, why it's a farce to make Negroes think that civil rights legislation is needed to get us recognition as citizens. Well, what would you suggest be done then to, to let a Negro go wherever he wants to in the South and get it the, all the other benefits that the bill provides him? You can't do anything by legislation. It takes uh, uh, education. The white man in this country needs to be re-educated re uh, so that his behavior pattern toward non-whites will change. And the black man in this country also needs to be re-educated so our behavior pattern and attitude toward ourselves will change. And once a little educating is done on both sides, you'll probably find that that in itself will do more to bring about the spirit of brotherhood than all of the legislation that's designed to force the two together. You can't legislate brotherhood. That brotherhood comes about through understanding, and understanding is created through education. Now, Malcolm, on one side you're talking about brotherhood and education, and on the other side you're talking about guerrilla movements in the South. Where do you stand? Both of them are educational. Uh, we, we demand our right to have access to equality of opportunity to anything that this country stands for. As long as we're born here and come within the confines of the Constitution that governs this country. Now, in line with that, we feel that we have the right to defend ourselves whenever we take uh, measures to participate as, as citizens and unlawful elements like the Ku Klux Klan get in our way. We think the two positions are consistent. In fact, one complements the other. What do you think about youth and gang violence in America, especially? in the black communities and Hispanic communities, youth and gang violence. Um, I think, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of flack for it. I think gangs can be positive. It just has to be organized and has to stay away from being self-destructive to being self-productive. I think this country was built on gangs. Mm -hmm. You know, I think this country still is run on gangs, Republicans, Democrats. The police department, the FBI, the CIA, those are gangs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The correctional officers. Mm -hmm. I had a correctional officer tell me straight up, we the biggest gang in New York State. Straight up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, it's, this whole country is built on gangs. Um, we just have to not be so self-destructive about it. Organize, you know. Um, but the violence. The violence, but it's violence in America. What, 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 what did the USA just do flying to Bosnia? We ain't got no business over there. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's the same thing. How can they tell us not to have gang? You know what gang violence is? Mostly, and the, the people don't want you to hear this, somebody shoots your family member. So, of course, you retaliate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Same thing the U.S. does, except nobody even shot their family members. You know, some, they see um, the, the somebody bomb a, a school and all these people get killed, so the United States feel like, oh, that's messed up. We got to go show them who's the real killers. That's the same mentality these gangsters get. You know what I mean? So until they stop that mentality, we won't stop. Or they won't stop. Because they watch this country to see what they do. America is the biggest gang in the world. You know what I mean? Look at, look at how they didn't agree with Cuba. So what was the... Cut them off. That's what we do in the street. We block things off. I want to say stop the violence. I want to say the violence ain't good. And why ain't no why can't you good. say that? Then? Because that's not realistic. I, I know it's not good. I'm tr if anybody speak up against violence, it'll be the, the brother that got shot five times. Mm -hmm. I got shot twice in my hair, all up in Trust me, violence ain't cool. And ain't no violence ain't cool. Ain't nobody out there with a gun saying it's cool to be shooting people. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's certain situations where there is no way out. But there are situations where we can find a way out. But until we find that way out, we can't say not to live this lifestyle. Now, two, we as black men, Puerto Ricans, whatever. So we stand up and start taking control of our communities. We can't get mad at anybody who stands up to do anything. You know what I mean? So I believe that it's the community that needs to do something about it. Um, I do believe that there's... Um, um, a, a, a piece of liability on the drug dealers and the gangsters and the gangs and all of that. But these are not scholars. You know what I mean? We, we pay taxes. We pay taxes. This government is not doing anything to stop it. When the, when the people in L.A., after the rebellion, when we stopped and um, there was a truce, mm -hmm. nothing happened. Did we get any jobs? No. Did we get any relief? No, but every time there's a flood, an earthquake, or a thunderstorm, America will give mad millions to somebody because their house broke down. They don't care if we stop the violence or not. They don't care about gang violence. You know what I mean? Every time that Bosnia gets shot out, any place gets shot out, they send them a whole bunch of millions of food and packages from, from Somalia, everywhere. Everybody getting food but us. So we don't want the gang violence to stop. So they can't ask me to tell them to stop the violence because I can't tell nobody who's hungry what to do. Unless I'm ready to feed them, then I'll tell them what to do. Hello. 
all of my lovers to carry your gun when they go outside. Stay in the mirror whenever you drive. Overprotective, go crazy for mine. You gotta pay attention to the sign. See like the blind following the blind. Think about everything that's going on. I boost security up in my home. I'm with my kind and they right or they wrong. I call him down here, pick up the phone, and it's five in the morning. He waking up on it. Tell him wherever I'm at, then they coming. I see blue lights, I get scared to try running. That shit be crazy, they push to protect us. Swords and handcuffs and arrest us. Why they going and that shit messed up? Knowing we need to help, they neglect us. None of them who gon' make them respect us. I can see in y'all that you fed up. Fuck around, got my shot, I won't let up. They know that we a problem together. They know that we can strap me anywhere. That's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We done had a hell of a year. I'ma make it count while I'm here. God is the only man I fear. Welcome to the WWG Lifestyle Podcast, episode 14. I'm your host, Jalen Stevenson. Now, we got a lot in store for today's episode. We got a lot to talk about. We're going we gonna to shake some feathers. We're going to make some people uncomfortable today. And like, you know what I mean? We always say, we ain't going with none of that, stuff, that, uh, that soft shit today. You know what I mean? We, we keeping it all the way real. If you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. It's about perspective. It's my perspective. If you don't understand it, I'll be gladly to keep teaching you. And keep broadening your perspective. Alright, so since the last episode, we've had a lot of things happen in the world. Um, We've had the whole YSL Rico Law situation. We had, you know, first things first, most importantly, not even that, I don't even know why I mentioned that first, but um, first first, most importantly, I want to say... Rest in peace um, to the 10 people that were killed um, and get well soon to the three people that were injured in the Buffalo, New York mass shooting that that took place this past weekend. Um, If you don't know, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Um, If you've been living under a rock and you just don't know that this happened, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on what happened. Um. At least 10 people were killed and injured, and three others were injured, uh, injured, excuse me, in a mass shooting by an apparent white supremacist. He was 18 years old at a supermarket um, in a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, on Saturday afternoon. Um, the white teen, who was dressed in full military gear and armed with a rifle, live-streamed the tragic shooting on Twitch which happened at the top supermarket on Jefferson Avenue. It's also revealed that his weapon was labeled with the N-word, written in white ink near the tip of the rifle's long barrel. The terrorist thug, so they call him, was arrested alive and safely after the massacre, which officials say was racially motivated. According to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a.k.a. the FBI, they're investigating the mass shooting as a hate crime and racially motivated violent extremism. Now, that's the background. Now it's time for the real shit. Um, lately, since this whole, you know, the shooting has happened, um... I've been listening, I've been listening, you know, I've been listening from afar, 
I've been reading, I've been listening from afar, getting other people's opinion, hearing people's opinions, hearing the two parties' opinions, Democrats and Republicans' opinions. And my opinion, which sums up everything I've listened to and I've heard, um, I come to the to the realization that is that it's fuck the Republicans and the Democratic Party. I'm gonna say it again. I come to the realization that it's fuck the Democrats and the Republican Party. They don't care about us. They never have cared about us. They act like they care about us. Um, you heard in the beginning Malcolm X say that they're trying to make legislation. Even in the 60s, they were making legislation laws, quote unquote, for us. But they also made the same hate laws and the same discrimination laws against us. So none of that shit really matters or equates to us at the end of the day. They're not making laws for us. They're making laws against us. They're trying to keep us controlled, trying to keep us programmed. They don't, you know, I find it funny that they, I don't even find it funny at this point. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I'm not like, when this happened and I found out it happened, like, I wasn't even surprised. Like, that sounds bad. It really does. But I really was not surprised. I already knew that they wasn't going to kill the white dude. I already knew that they was going to handcuff him, walk him to the car, put him in the car politely. You know, they was going to do that, you know. They were going to do that very precisely. They wasn't even going to think twice. Um, they wanna, they're going to they're gonna make excuses. They're going to say that it's mental, you know, like they always do to the white people. You know what I mean? They always make the excuse of it being mental. But when there's a literal case of a dude having a mental situation, a mental, you know, mental breakdown, a mental episode, and the people are pleading to the officer, please don't, you know, do anything. He's, he has a mental episode. He's mental. They still shoot him and kill him anyway, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not even... It's not even... It's like... It's no... It's, it's bad as it sounds. It's not even a surprise anymore. It's like... It's come to the point in them, in America where we're used to this. Like, we're used to... Us, as black people specifically, we're used to this. We've been used... To, we've used we, we're used to being... Not, not heard, misunderstood, you know what I mean, not cared about unless it's entertainment, unless we can provide something for somebody. That's the only way we we really get cared about. And even then, they be they control us with money, jewelry, all this bullshit that really don't mean shit at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous, man. It's Things like this make me realize that time, like I, times haven't changed. It's just more modern. Because now you have more of a vo- you can have a voice, you can have an opinion because of social media and it's easy to upload a video. It's easy to tweet. It's easy to make a comment on something. So every, anybody and everybody can have an opinion. But this, the racial acts and the rate and, and, and racism is never going to go away. It's always going to exist, no matter what. This country was, like I say all the time, this country was built off racism. It still strives off racism. It's just in a different way. It's systematic racism, psychological racism, uh, physical racism, you know what I mean? 
It's all types of things out here that's used to control us and it's used to discriminate against us. Uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. I want to touch back on this again. They, you know, they're trying to make this as a, they're trying to twist this so, they're trying to twist this from a hate crime. They're trying to make, they're trying to make every case they can to try to say that it's not a hate crime. And, you know, you already know what that is, man. You know what this country is built up of, like I just said. You already know what they're trying to do. They're trying to twist things. They're trying to, they're trying to make excuses for the white dude. All we're going to do as black people is say, oh, we're going to pray about it. We're going to, we're going to um, wish things were better. I'm so sorry that happened. All this fake-ass tears and all that shit. Fuck that, bro. The real, re- the real thing that we need to stop doing is stop voting. Stop voting. Stop voting for these people. Stop voting for the Democrats. Stop voting for the Republicans. Yeah, I said it. Stop voting. You know what I mean? I voted in the last election. I didn't want to vote, but I was pressured. I was peer pressured. You know what I mean? By my family. You know, like the normal. You know what I mean? Like, take it upon yourself. Like, stop voting. Like, you know what I mean? I ain't, like, at the end of the day, all these motherfuckers are in the same boat. Joe Biden doesn't give a fuck about us. Just like Donald Trump didn't give a fuck about us. Honestly, we will will be more, we'll be more better off if Donald Trump was even really in, I'm just being honest, like, it's really no difference, y'all. It's no difference. We wouldn't have to be paying $5 a gallon for gas if Donald Trump was in office. We wouldn't have to be. We had to. We wouldn't be scared to go to war with Russia. We wouldn't be dealing with a lot of things. The same shit is still going on. Biden said he was gonna lower the tax, the uh, the lower the student loan debt. Where's that at? He ain't doing that. I understand, like you know, uh, Donald Trump was just outlandish racist. He was actually saying this stuff. But believe me, y'all, all these all these politicians are racist, bro. Just because they're not saying it like Donald Trump doesn't mean that they're not racist behind closed doors. Trust me. You know what I mean? I'd rather have a person that's honest and disrespectful to my face and I can look him in the eye and I can see him saying it rather than somebody saying it behind closed doors and acting like they all for me. That's just me. You know what I mean? Like I don't know about y'all, but that's just me. That's real shit. I'd rather have a person that's upfront and honest with his opinion in my face rather than have a person that's saying they're going to do all this shit for me and all this shit for my people. And they don't do shit at all. They just do this shit. They try to connect. They try to use Barack Obama as a Kamala Harris as a as a as a toy to try to get them elected. When in actuality, Kamala Harris is just as bad as all these people. She's a quote unquote, you know, coon. That's what she really is. I, I I'm sorry. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be politically correct. I'm not gonna be the person that's gonna kiss ass. Fuck that shit. I'm gonna be completely honest. The shit that she said about black people and about black men and about. Uh, all this stuff is ridiculous, bro. Real talk. And y'all sitting here trying to cat for her just because she's black. I understand. We're not trying to tear each other down. But, uh, no. Uh, a whitewashed, a white-brained black person is just as bad as a racist white person. A person, a, a black person that goes against their own people is just as bad as a racist white person. In my opinion. You know what I mean? And that's just facts. Like, I'm tired of this shit, dog. I'm tired of uh, us holding our tongue, us not keeping it real, man. Fuck that shit, dog. I know it's not a lot of people that's going to speak up about it, but somebody has to. Because don't nobody really give a fuck. 
Is it the George Floyd thing? Us them killing a black man? That was all over BET, all over CNN, all over ESPN. They was talking about it on First Take, on Undisputed, on Uninterrupted. They was talking about it on everything. But when they talk about this mass shooting, I didn't see not one segment on inter- Uninterrupted, or on Undisputed, or on First Take. You know why? Because they don't give a fuck, bro. They they want they want our picture of us getting killed all over the net. You know they want to have that all over. They want to quote unquote say Black Lives Matter, but when ten, when ten, when when all these black people get killed at a grocery store in a black neighborhood, all of a sudden, where the, where the labels at? NFL. Where's the labels at? NBA. Where the labels at? Where where are all the activists that quote unquote y'all had the bubble, y'all had it on the court. Where's all that stuff at? Y'all got it on the back of the helmets, but what are y'all saying? That's the point, y'all. They're using this stuff to try to control us. They're using sports. They're trying to use music. They're using. Um, Media, movies, they're trying to use all this stuff as a ploy to keep us controlled and mentally enslaved and distracted from the real things that's going on in this country. And that's real rap. You know what I mean? I ain't going to be labeled as an angry black man. I'm going to be labeled as a truth teller and a person that keeps it real. You know what I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what they're doing. And it's ridiculous what they're trying to do with this dumb fuck, with this, with this piece of shit that, just, that went over there and killed all the people. On it, live, like on Twitch, like. Are you serious, bro? My sister could have been on Twitch watching this dude. But they sit here talk about it may not be a hate crime. Are you fucking serious, bro? This nigga literally had the N-word on his rifle. You know, they're going to try to make excuses. They're going to try to make us angry. Bro, this stuff has been... Listen, dog. This stuff... I know it's terrible to say, but this type of stuff happens every year. It's a mass shooting every year. Last Just last year, dude shot up schools. White dudes shot up the schools. That happened a few times last year, right? In 2021? Or 2021, and it happened a lot. Like, this ain't even a surprise. Like, they, 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 this is the reason why I think we need to have, as black people, we need to have our own separate hate crimes to be protected. I mean, our own separate hate crime laws, excuse me, to be protected. Quote unquote, protected. But in actuality, it's a fine print within them laws. You know what I mean? It's a fine print between every law. You know, it's... It's a... It's not only... I mean, like I said, it's not only psychological warfare, but... They don't give a fuck, bro. Like, I I really hope y'all seeing this right now. Y'all seeing it. They don't give a fuck about these people's families. They don't care about the people that were killed, bro. They really don't. They try to act like they care. No, they don't. Like, we don't even, most of us don't even know who the people's names are. It's going to come out eventually to try to save face. But we don't even know who these people really are. Like, it's not being publicized like a George Floyd or like a, you know, it's not being publicized. You know, even then, like... Those security, those, I said security, I'm sorry. Those police officers, they didn't go to jail. Like, the only reason why the dude from George Floyd, uh, with the George Floyd murder and everything, why he went to jail is because it was all over ESPN. It was all over the world. It was on, It was literally on tape all over the world. You know what I mean? And the I feel like the judicial system was pressured to give him some years. They didn't give him life. They gave him some years. And just like the other 
uh, officers that was there with him. They gave him some years. The officers, the uh, the white, what, what, what was the white dudes? I don't know if they was police officers. I think they were uh, the white, white dudes. They were just random white dudes. They killed that man that was jogging. I forgot his name. His name doesn't come to my mind right now. Alton Sterling. Ain't that, is that his name? It's so many people that have been killed, y'all. It's like I'm getting names out. I, I, like I'm keep getting so many names in my head. I, I I may be confusing him with somebody else, but um, yeah, y'all know who I'm talking about. It was two or three white guys that killed a um a jogger, a black dude that was a jogger, right? They they didn't get that many years if they got any. Like you see what they do to us, man. Now let one of us. Go up there. Let one of us go to Virginia Beach. Let one of us go to Suffolk. And go into one of them Kroger's and one of them markets. And do the same shit. I promise you. We won't even make it. Listen, bro. They gonna have the SWAT team. They gonna have the FBI. They gonna have the National Guard. They gonna have the, the military. They gonna have everybody out there trying to stop us. Trying to stop this one person. It's not the same energy, y'all. We, 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 I feel like we, we know this in our psyche. We know this behind closed doors. We're looking at it on our TV in our living room saying, look at this bullshit here. But in actuality, what are we doing to change it? Like, what are we doing to, like, make sure this, bull, this shit doesn't happen again? Even though it's going to keep happening because this is what the world we live in. This is the psychological warfare we're in. Where at any given moment... One of our brothers and sisters, our grandmas, moms, uncles, dads, grandpops can be gone just because of some dumb fuck. A nigga that don't give a fuck about his life, a racist ass piece of shit. It's just like, what are we supposed to do? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, this is why I played the bigger picture in the beginning. Because it's like, bro, baby said, I tell all my dudes to carry carry a gun whenever we ride. It's like, bro. This is what we got to do. We got to carry something like this is like Michael Max by any means fucking necessary. This is what this is real talk. Like we got to carry our own protection. We got to be protected. I understand we we used to live in a time where, dang, we don't have to walk around with a gun. But fuck that, bro. Every single state in this motherfucker is is warranted. You know, what I mean, to have some fuck shit happen like that, you know, especially where I'm at, Virginia. God. You never even this is this is probably the most racist state there is. History wise. Up there, this this state is up there with Texas. It's up there with Miss uh Mississippi. It's up there with um Memphis, uh Tennessee. It's up there with all that. So it's like, bro. Make sure y'all stay protected, my people, man. Um you know they made the laws for the Asians, right? For the hate crimes, quote unquote, against Asians, you know, you know, Biden was so quick to sign that paper, but uh, after the whole George Floyd thing, after they they shot the dude that was, um, I think he was with his kids, they paralyzed him, shot uh, Sandra Bland, Alta Sterling, killed Oscar Grant, the cases, the the names go on, Trayvon Martin, the names go on and on and on. But there's yet to be any quote unquote law for us. Hate crime law against us. You know why? They don't give a fuck. You know? And it and it and it branches into other avenues as well. You know, going into the 
to to entertainment, I mentioned entertainment, music. Um, if you haven't heard, if you don't know, um, label YSL, Young Stoner Life, um, by Young Thug, rapper, artist. Um, everybody, bas- everybody that's basically on the label has been indicted. Um, by the RICO laws and by FBI as a you know federal investigation, um, they quote unquote been doing this investigation for since like 2015, 2014. Um, so it's kind of like it's kind of wild. It's kind of fucked up. You know they put they got Gunner in jail, Yak got in jail. Everybody basically from the from the label is in jail right now. Um, I just got worried that Thug is supposed to be getting released on Thursday. Um, I guess that that's that's pretty good news. But here's a little background history on the Rico, right? The Rico was designed to destroy the mafia. Now, if you were listening to my earlier episodes, what did I tell y'all? Who's the government? The mafia, the mob. Who control? Actually, who's controls the government? The mafia, the mob. So how are you gonna create? How are you gonna create something that was created by the people that is already at the top? Like it's bullshit, y'all. The mob still exists. You just don't know who they are. They're way more invisible now. You know what I mean? They probably they got they got the higher ranks or whatever. They got them, quote unquote, got them. But there's still invisible hands in this world that we don't see. You know what I mean? Um, the RICO laws would, were made to destroy the mafia, right? What they tell, what they told us in the public is that they destroyed the mafia, you know. But in actuality, like I said, they're not destroyed. They still rule the world. They still rule the oil. You know, they still rule um, all the manufacturing, all that stuff. It's still being chained to the mafia, the invisible hand. Um, they are the Rico are using lyrics from songs by Thug. You know what I mean? Um, it kind it, it it's really crazy to me, and it sucks, man. Because I've been a Young Thug fan since like twenty fourteen, twenty five. Like I've been a day one um, Thug fan. So it's kind of like, man, I don't understand. Like, it's kind of crazy. They using lyrics that he said in the songs, kind of like fellas, not even fellas, but artists out there, rappers. Y'all got to be more careful, man, what y'all saying on these songs, you know, because it could come back against, come back against you. You know what I mean? We all know that, you know, back in the day, Thug was affiliated with the Bloods. That's not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good thing. We already know that. Um, that's not a good thing going into this case. Um, you know how they feel about us, quote-unquote, gang culture. They try to make gang culture the reason why everybody in in communities are dying. In actuality, people die everywhere. Um, it's not just gangs. It's not. It's the way this country is set up. It's survival. Right? You know what I mean? Survival of the fittest. Um... Yeah, man, they're using a lot of songs from 
from his past. The uh, it's crazy, bro. They trying to use a lot of Gunner songs. They trying to they using uh, particularly they using uh, anybody by Young Thug, where he said. I never killed anybody, but I got something to do with that body. It's like things like that. It's kind of like, ah, listening back to it. It's like, fuck, dog. It's like, dang, man. But you already know with rappers, they're they literally rapping about what they're going through in their life and what they're doing. So it's like, that's not a good look, dog. Like going forward, like I know everybody posted that Wallow clip. I don't even like that shit because it's kind of like that's not it's not the time to post that because the dude is already in jail. You know what I mean? He didn't know this shit was going to happen. Nobody knew this was going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's not be that type people. You know what I mean? Like, let's learn from this for the future generations. Let's learn from this. Let's get right. You know what I mean? Let's not make the same mistakes. You know what I mean? You don't have to, you know, tell your business. But at the end of the day, this shit is, this shit is fucked up because it's designed to destroy us. You know, they did the same thing with NWA. They did the same thing with the Two Live Crew. They tried to destroy them. You know, they tried. They did the same thing with Tupac. They tried to destroy him. They did. They wind up killing him in that in the process. You know, they did a lot of different things to us. You know, in the music industry, they control us with the music industry. You know, they say music industry is the most satanic thing that you can be in Hollywood. That and movies or the entertainment uh film industry. Same thing, man. You know, you got to be careful, you know. I'm not saying that it's 100% that. I'm not in the music industry. I'm not in the film, quote-unquote, industry, you know. But looking at the history and looking at how things turn out, most of the top entertainers were either drug addicts or they were killed or or wind up being mentally, like, you know, fucked up. You know what I mean? Majority of them. Think about it. Michael Jackson. Prince. You know, James Brown. Who else? Marvin Gaye. I love Marvin Gaye. But I love all these people. But, you know, they, they, I'm saying all this stuff to, to equate to they're using all this stuff. They're using these things that are tangible, right? Money, power, fame, sex, drugs. Um, sex, money, murder, stuff like, you know what I mean? That, to control us. And they have been doing this shit for over, for centuries, for centuries, like, it's not the, you know what I mean? I mean, for the entertainment industry, they've been doing this for, since the beginning of songs, since the beginning of, you know, lyrics. When we was, when we was in the cotton fields, we were singing, trying to communicate. They've been doing it since then, you know? So it's like, We gotta be more. We gotta be more careful. Um, they used another song called "Just How It Is." Um, Young Thug, he said, gave the lawyer close to two mil. He handled all the killings. It's like things like that. It's like man, that's gonna get you in trouble. Like they've been doing this stuff since twenty fifteen. Like you got to think smarter. Not to mention they got Gunna. They got Yak Gotti. Got a lot of people, man, from the from the YSL clique. YSL. They trying to basically say that it's. That young thug was calling shots on murders. He was setting people up for murders, and I'm just like, is that if that's true, thug? I don't know, man. You gotta, 
you got to do something. Like, you got to do some time. I already, like, just got to keep it a bean, bro. Like, you got to make smarter decisions. You got a family. You got kids. You, 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 one of your baby moms just got killed. You know, it's kind of like, man, you got to, going forward, you got to make a, you got to make smarter decisions, dog. It's not even, like, you know, a question. You just, you, you got to get real. You got to be, be an adult. You got to be man of your word. You got to focus, man. You got to get get rid of the bullshit. Get rid of the distraction. Stop being a, stop trying to be a part of, you know, the gang culture and all that stuff. You know what I mean? You a millionaire, bro. You got generational wealth for your kids. Like, you leave that life alone. I'm pretty sure he already knows this now. He's a grown-ass man. He's 30-something. Like, come on, bro. He knows this shit already. He don't need to be listening to this from a 20-year-old. You know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? But segue into it, like... I just want to say, um, rest in peace to Lil' Key. Um, if you don't know who Lil' Key is, he was a artist on the YSL label. He just passed away recently, this past Friday. Um, I don't know, I don't particularly know what he passed away from, um, but... I want to give a a real big, you know, condolences to his family, his kids, his girl, his family, um, the YSL label, Young Thug, Gunner, all them, you know, my condolences go out to them. Rest in peace. Um, Lil Key, I'm going to play a song for y'all in case y'all never heard of Lil Key. It's personally one of my favorite songs. It's just me. You know what I mean, I used to listen to Lil Key in high school. You know I mean, he didn't really, he hasn't released a song. He didn't release a whole album since I was in high school. So I listen to him a little heavy. He's more of, a, he's not a lyrical, spiritual miracle, but he he got a vibe to him. All right, check it out. Where the angles, tripping head to toe, these diamonds hanging. 
I'm flying all over the globe. Y'all just climbing trees. Y'all niggas stop playing me. Wait until you know the slime blowing. Too many hundreds in the air. Yeah, flown around like it's snowing. Again, I want to send my condolences to my family, um, the the label mates. Um, condolences to y'all, man. Rest in peace, low key. I was a big fan of your music, man. I'm, I ain't gonna say I was a day one fan, but I was a big fan of your music. I'm still gonna bump your stuff, man. Um, rest well. Um, I want to get into. Y'all know how I feel about, you know me, Kendra Lamar came out this past Friday. Last episode, gave y'all a little prediction of what I thought, you know, I wanted the album to be. And uh, what I expected from Kendrick. Um, it's fair to say that he delivered, in my humble opinion. Um, it's a lot of mixed reviews. It's a lot of, a lot of you know, I ain't gonna say hate. But basically, that's what it is. A lot of you know hate, a lot of, a lot of praise as well. But it's I see a lot of hate. Um, a lot of people that's calling it quote unquote mid. You know, after twenty four hours of it coming out, it's kind of like okay. We know how this is headed, but um, yeah, man, I want to get into my my review and my rating of the album. I personally, all right, out of 10, since Friday, I'm going to rate it a 9 out of 10. Um, it's currently the best rap album of the year. So that's a plus, in my opinion. It's currently the best rap album of the year. There's no album that's came out that's better than it. Um, yeah, man, like, you know how Kendrick give it up to you is... He he's very on this album in particular. He was very vulnerable. Like this is the most vulnerable I've ever heard Kendrick. Um, he's been vulnerable before on certain songs, on certain tracks, but this is the most vulnerable I've heard him. Like in a complete album, um, he starts off the album basically, you know, basically stating that you know a lot of things is going on, like his relationship. You know, he's grieving with a lot of things. A lot of things start making sense to him. Um, he has secrets. He has things that haven't been acknowledged or taken care of mentally or psychologically for him. Um, you know, things with his relationship, things in his family, secrets, uh, things within his spirit, the rap game, the industry, things like that. You know, that's what this album basically touches on personally for Kendrick um my top five songs I'm gonna do this live with y'all top five songs looking at the track list 
Number one, I'm gonna go in order. Actually, I'm gonna go. Excuse me. I'm gonna start at number five. My fifth selection is. There's so many great songs on here. I'm not even gonna hold y'all. My fifth selection is Die Hard. My fourth selection is. Count me out. Third selection is Rich Spirit. Second is Auntie Diaries. And my first, the best song on the album is called Mother I Sober. I'm going to break down these five songs, the five most important songs to me on the album. Um, Honorable mentions to Mirror, honorable mentions to Father Time, honorable mention to N95. If I had a top 10, they would be in my top 10. I was 18 songs long. Um, honorable mention to uh, Mr. Morale and Purple Hearts. Uh, those would be finishing out my top 10. They were just outside the top five. Um, but starting with number five called Die Hard. It's basically a song that's... It's it's more of a... As soon as I heard it, I knew it was a radio. It's going to be one of them radio joints. You know what I mean? It's... It's going to be one of those songs that you spin, that you ride to, you know what I mean, that you can play. Um, it's basically stating, you know, I want you to trust me. Do you love me for real? Like, you know, are you willing to die for this? Are you willing to die in case the ship sink? Like, are you really for me, for who I am? You know, things like that. Um, it gets deep into his feelings with revolving, like, his relationship. You know, with women, because he has been with the same woman for, you know, since before he was famous. So before, you know, he didn't have kids with her. You know, it was he was going on tours for years and, you know, they didn't have kids back then. But now Kendrick has two kids. So it's like he's grown. He's more mature. He has more of a he has more of an understanding of what he thinks and who he is and what he wants to say and how he wants to say it. And this song you know, touches on his feelings of, are you willing to, you know, are you really serious about this? Are you are you willing to sacrifice everything as, as much as I am, you know, to be together? Um, Count Me Out is a song that's basically stating, you know, he loves when people question his greatness, question his, you know, artistic value, question his music. He loves when people think that he's quote-unquote fell off and, you know, the hook goes, I love you, count me out. I love you, count me out. It's basically like that. So, you know what I mean? It's basically one of those songs where it's like, I love my haters, count me out. I love when people count me out. And now I'm going to prove y'all wrong because this is my shit and I'm taking over. You know what I mean? Um, Rich Spirit is basically like a... It's basically... 
It's one of those songs where you could bump in the whip. You could bump in the gym. It's one of those songs you could play. You know? Um, it's funny because it's like, stop. He, he The hook goes, stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. It's like, I mean, it touches, it's, again, it touches on Kendrick feeling himself. Kendrick having a certain mindset that I am him. I am the king. I am him. Like, I got all this money. I'm famous. He basically letting, you know, the stuff get to his head. That's why the title is called Rich Spirit. Um, now he's rich. He, he he has it all now. Like, he has everything he's ever wanted. So it's like sometimes he let that get to his head, and it's like it can affect him in the long term, you know, within this relationship. Because of the sequence of this album, Rich Spirit comes right before we cry together. So the hook goes, bitch, stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. And then the next song is We Cry Together. And if you know what We Cry Together, that's the argument track. Uh, Kidja doesn't do the, do these things for no reason. He Everything is precise. Everything is premeditated. Everything is thought out. So the fact that he said that as the hook for Die Hard, it basically expresses that they get into a, a rough patch in the relationship to where it's, it's very, you know, heated up. It's getting real. It's getting boiled up. It's getting heated. Um, two, Auntie Diaries. Now, these last two songs are very... Uh, these last two songs were songs that um, left me speechless. I'll first listen. Um, the last five songs on the album um, left me speechless. Like, it left me with... My mind was blank. It was just like, man, this dude is amazing. Like, the storytelling... The lyricism, the production, the 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 melodies, the 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 vulnerability, like the emotion that he puts into the the detail, storytelling, like it grasps your ear, like you know what I mean. And it's like, but Auntie Diaries is basically a track that he's basically telling the story of his aunt being. gay or less excuse me basically being gay or a lesbian and later turning into a transgender um he talks about you know growing up being free-minded not really knowing no better the hook being you know um faggot 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 we ain't know no better like stuff like that like he he basically expresses that the use of that language and the use of us not understanding the slur and what that means affects people. And knowing that and him knowing that he has an aunt and later expressing throughout the song that he has a cousin that's also a trend that also is transgender. Um, it warrants the fact that that word is it holds value to them. And, you know, he basically compares it as to. A white per a white woman saying the n word nigger right. I don't know. I personally don't agree with that, but I understand what he's trying to say. I understand that it is a slur and it means hate. It's like a hateful word, you know. It has hate in it whatsoever. You know what I mean? Um, not as much hate, of course, as the word nigger, because thousands, millions of people have been killed and were killed, and 
you know, died behind that word. It's people in the in the ocean in the sea right now still that were on the on the boat to this country that are still in the ocean. Like that the souls are in the water because of that word. You know, it's people that's been hung on trees, thousands, millions of people, black people that have been hung on trees because of that word. Indigenous people as well has been hung because of that word. So I don't agree with him from that standpoint, but I understand what the connection he's trying to make within the song. Um, basically, broaden your horizons, you know, and understanding other people's perspectives of life and understanding people, you know, everybody's not going to abide and understand your perspective. Um, like, again, this album is also about perspective. It's also about Kendrick's perspective, his vulnerability, what he thinks, you know, um, Kodak is 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 sprayed out precisely throughout this album, basically giving a contrast to the opposite of what Kendrick was. You know, Ke- like Kodak grew up same environment. Kendrick grew up. He just chose a different type of path. He went on a different type of path. But they all have this. They all have success at the end of the day in the same field. So it's like a contrast, you know. Um, a lot of people, a lot of Kendrick got uh, a lot of flat from. You know, saying, you know, the F word within this song. But if you listen to the song, you understand that he's providing a a level of emotion, a level of realism that only really he can put in the words, you know, um, only he can describe in the best of his abilities because, you know, he's an amazing writer. And, um, yeah, and, and number one, the best song on the album Mother I Sober is a is a song um, depicting Kendrick's or describing rather Kendrick's uh, view on trauma, like trauma within family, sexual abuse within your family, sexual abuse within the black community. Um, that's what this that's what this uh, song paints. Um, he he describes it as, you know, him feeling regretful, you know, him keeping it a secret, him not understanding, you know, the value of it back then, of, of the sexual abuse within his mother, within his family. Um, he he he's very descriptive with the words that he that he says. Um, he's very precise. And the message that he's bringing as well. I'm going to read off you all some of the lyrics so you can get a better understanding of the the perspective that he was going through. He starts off by saying, I'm sensitive. I feel everything. I feel everybody. One man standing on two words. Heal everybody. That's basically what is given to Kendrick. He's given when he takes these long breaks and he he comes back, it's more so like, oh, he's the healer, he's the savior, quote unquote. You know? And within the next line he says, Transformation, then reciprocation, karma must return. Heal myself, secrets that hide buried in these words. Death threats, ego must die, but I let it purge, pacify, broken pieces of me. It was all a blur. Mother cried. Put their hands on her. It was family ties. I heard it all. I should have grabbed a gun, but I was only five. I still feel it weighing on my heart. 
my first tough decision in the shadows clinging to my soul as my only critic. You know, thing like he did de- he describes it as, you know, feeling of regret. He knowing that hearing and knowing and being present that his mom was being sexually abused by his family family members. And he could have and should have, he feels he should have grabbed a gun, but he was too young. He was only five. Like it was in him knowing that and having that secret in his heart. Now he's a grown man. He's almost, you know what I mean? He's 30 now. It it weighs on him still. Like it was weighing on him for years. And he's basically expressing that. And he continues by saying, where's my faith? Told you I was Christian, but not, but not today. I transformed. Praying to the trees, God is taking shape. My mother's mother followed me for years in her afterlife, staring at me on back of some buses. I wake up at night, love her dearly, trading in my tears for a Range Rover transformation. You ain't felt grief until you felt it sober. One of, that's one of the best lines I've ever heard from Kendrick. Um, you ain't felt grief till you felt it sober. Um, that line holds a lot of power, holds a lot of weight because a lot of people do a lot of different things. You know, try to escape from that pain. Try to, you know, cope with it by taking drugs, by trying to escape, you know. Um, and you really don't, you're never going to get a full grasp of it. And you're never going to get a full understanding and control of it unless you're sober. Um, I, I'm i prone to, you know, be dealing with things like that. Like I use, I used to use a lot of things to try to cope with my with my pain and my depression and everything I was going through. Um, you know, you in going through that stuff, you have you have a self reflection. You have a mirror that you are looking to. It's like, is this really me? Is this is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And this is this what I want to keep inside me for the rest of my life, or do I want to you know get rid of it? Um, you know, Kendrick uh, goes into verse two by saying, "I remember looking in the mirror, knowing I was gifted." Only child, me for seven years, everything for Christmas, family ties. They accused my cousin. Did he touch you, Kendrick? Never lied. But no one believed me when I said he didn't. Frozen moments, still holding on to it. Hard to trust myself. I started rhyming, coping with mechanisms to, to lift up myself. Talked to my lawyer, told me not to be so hard on myself. He has an aura I hope to achieve if I find some help. You know, Kendrick basically is describing that. You know, the feeling that his family had, or his mother had, rather, with being sexually assaulted, sexually abused. Um, he's, he, he, he perceives that pressure as, you know, they putting it on his cousin, accusing his cousin. You know, but Kendrick's basically stating that, you know, that it's not a lot of belief. It's not a lot of real care in the black community. Like, even if... I tell you the truth, or even if I give you an answer, they don't really, like, you know what I mean? It's not really taken serious. You know what I mean? And since Kendrick, he did tell the truth, no one believed him. Even when he was telling the truth, nobody really believed him. And, you know, and and, and, and the flip side of that, if it really did happen and you tell somebody, they don't really, black and black, keeping it real, and black families, they don't really believe you when you tell them things like that. You know, and that goes on a lot. Those that that's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest issues and things that need to be addressed within the black community is sexual abuse within our own community and our families. And that's what the light this Kendrick is bringing to us. Um, he continues by saying, "Congratulations, made it to be famous, 
Still, I feel uneasy. Water watching. Live my life in nature. Only thing relieves me. Spirit God, whisper in my ear. Tell me what, that see, what they see in me. Did he touch you? I said no again. Still, they don't believe in me. Mother's brother said he got revenge from my mother's face, black and blue, the image of my queen that I can't erase to this day. Can't look her in my eyes. Pain is taking over. Blame myself. You never felt guilt till you felt this over. You know what I mean? It's basically a reiteration um, of revenge, regret, hope, uh, family ties. Then Kendrick goes into one of his most vulnerable vars excuse me vulnerable verses i think he's ever wrote his most personal voices his verses that he's ever really wrote um he says i was never high i was never drunk never out of my mind i need control they handed me some smoke but i still declined i did it sober sitting with myself i went through all emotions no dependence except for one let me bring you closer intoxicated there's a lustful nature that i felt to mention insecurities that i project Sleeping with other women. Whitney's hurt. The purest soul I know. I found her in the kitchen asking God, where did I lose myself? And can I be forgiven? Burnt me down. She looked into my eyes. Is there an addiction? I said no, but this time I lied. I knew that I can't fix it. Um, That really, that's a real deep, really deep um, stanza right there. Um, I believe Whitney is his, is, is his fiance or his wife in the, in the album cover. I feel like that's Whitney. I think that's his wife's name. Um, basically saying that throughout the years, you know, with fame, you know, all that, drugs wasn't for him. Drinking wasn't for him. But he found desire in sex um, due to trauma. Like I said in previous episodes, you know, a lot of things go on in your life with trauma and relationships, you know, and how you are and and, and how you become and who you become and how you are or who you are based off that trauma and that stuff that you've been through when you was young. You never really got a fully understanding of because you were so young. Um, this time, you know, he said... He lied, basically. He was basically lying, saying he didn't have an addiction um, because he felt like he couldn't fix it. Um, he later says, pure soul, even in her pain, she knows she cared, uh, she cared for me, gave me a number, and she recommended some therapy. I asked my mama why she didn't believe me when I told her no. I never asked, or excuse me, I never knew she was violating Chicago. I'm sympathetic. Told me that she feared it happened to me for my protection. Though it never happened, she wouldn't agree. Now I'm affected. 20 years later, trauma has resurfaced. Amplified as I write this song, I shiver because I'm nervous. I was five, questioning myself. I don't, for many years, long for many years, excuse me. Nothing wrong, just results on how them questions made me feel. I made it home. Seven years of tour, chasing manhood, but Whitney's gone. By the time you hear this song, she did all she could. You know, that type of stuff is very powerful and it shines a bright light on on the care and, and the need for more awareness upon sexual assault. Again, um, he he paints a vivid picture that he knew that he didn't really know that she was violated back in Chicago, but he had a sense of it because of what happened when he was five. You know, 
and the fact that her mom, you know, feared that it happened to him. And for his protection, she she always was overprotective in a sense, you know. Um, and that later led to him to question himself. Um, he continues by saying, I made it home seven years of tour chasing manhood, but Whitney's gone. By the time you hit his song, she did all she could. Basically saying that throughout all the infidelities, all the things that he was doing, you know, sexual addiction he had within his wife, with his, with his now wife, um, he was gone for seven years on tour. So you already know that that type of time, that type of stuff goes, you know, um, without saying, you know, all those women gave me superpowers. What I thought I had, I lacked. I pray our children don't inherit me in feelings I attract. A conversation not being addressed in black families. The devastation haunting generations and humanity. They raped our mothers. They raped our sisters. They raped. They made us watch. They they made us rape each other. Psychotic torture between our lives when we recovered. Still living as victims in the public eyes who pledge allegiance. Every other brother has been compromised. I know the secrets. Every other rapper sexually abused. I see them daily. Burying their pain and chains and tattoos. So listen close before you start past judgment on how we move. Learn how we cope whenever his uncle walk him from school. Um, his anger grows deep in misogyny. This is post-traumatic black families and the sodomy. Today is still active, so I set free myself and all the guilt I, I thought I made. So I set free my mother all the hurt that she titled shame. So I set free my cousin chaotic from my mother's pain. I hope Hakeem made you proud cause you ain't like, you ain't die in vain. So I set free the power of Whitney, she may heal us all. So I set free our children, may good karma keep them with God. So I set free the hearts filled with hatred, keep our bodies scarred or sacred, excuse me. As I set free all your abusers, this is transformation. And he closes that by basically stating that throughout all this throughout all this stuff that he has brought to the table, brought into this record, his family, we should take it as a as a as a seriousness to spread awareness within sexual, you know, assault in the black community, within families. You know, that's that's things that we don't really talk about. Post traumatic stress, post traumatic, you know, sexual things within black families. And it's still going on. It's still active. Um, I appreciate y'all for checking in with me today. I appreciate y'all for listening to me today. Love y'all. Hope that I taught y'all some things y'all didn't know already. Um, the quarter of the day is to at the end of the video. Stay tuned to that. I appreciate y'all for checking me out. I'll see y'all again on Thursday. You're going to be in for a great episode on Thursday. Uh, keep like, comment, sharing, subscribe, everything. I uh, love y'all. Peace. So people go to college? Yeah, like high school is stuff like, you know, you graduate from high, from 12th grade mm -hmm. and you can live your whole life with a high school diploma, but you're always going to be missing something. That's where I felt like I was. Thug life was always going to be real to me and it still is real to me because as long as the things that, as long as the factors that make thug life are there, thug life will be there. But I also felt like I wanted to go to college, not college in a school or university, but mm -hmm. college in life. I wanted mm -hmm. to move up. So I wanted to do something different. I wanted to expand. I wanted to grow. And that's what this was all about by saying, you know, no more of that. I want some more of this. I want y'all to see this. You didn't like that? Well, you definitely ain't going to like this. Um, so what I would tell, you know, anybody who would listen to me is that, you know, you got to start peeping game, peeping the game. Mm -hmm. The game is the game of life. You got to start peeping how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And if you see it, you can see the little signs that says that the guns are turning away from 
you know, Europe and Russia and Iran and Iraq, and it turned into us. Mm -hmm. Because uh, look how they're doing our music. You know, you've never seen in no time in history where they've put so much attention on some music. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. made it like we are the cause of all these problems. Mm -hmm. um, you can look at it with a three strikes law. You can look at it where they're building more jails. They're starting to sell jail space. Yeah. You know, jail is big business. Um, believe me, I'm in jail. I see the big business. They charge you for your telephone calls. They charge you for disciplinary problems. Jail is big business. You know, you can get, you can feed a whole town off one jail. This, this jail is in the middle of a town that feeds everybody. Um, everybody works here. This is the main income. So if there was no criminals, nobody would work. You know what I mean? So if we don't start peeping that, we're in trouble. Also, I know when I was young, the way they described jail is like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't wait to get to jail. Straight up. I mean, I was scared and everything. But what, three hunts in the car? No question. It was just that that's where you get the game. That's mm -hmm. where you got more soldiers at that build you. But now that I'm here, this is not the spot. Mm -hmm. I know everybody go to jail, come out and say, it ain't the spot. Mm -hmm. This is not the spot. You got somebody that tells you when you can get up, when you can shower, when you can do this, when you can do that. You know, they can speak to you any way they want to, and you got to accept it. Um, you can die here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just yesterday, a dude was murdered. He wasn't in here on no murder beef. This dude was in here on a drug beef. You know, he's gone. He's dead in jail. You know what I mean? Um, by another prisoner who had life. He had nothing, nothing to lose. You know what I mean? So when you start looking at it like that, you'll start seeing that the... Um, it just don't weigh out to be in our favor. So we need to start figuring out another way. Now, if we do want to live a thug life and a gangster life and all of that, okay, so stop being cowards and let's have a revolution. But we don't want to do that. Dudes just want to live a, a, um, a character. They want to be cartoons. Mm -hmm. But if they really wanted to do something that was that tough, all right, let's start our own country. Let's start a revolution. Let's get out of here. Let's do something. But they don't want to do that. They want to pimp our communities and, and portray this image that they know we all can't survive and make it. And that's what I saw. Even though I was surviving in the thug life, everybody that was trying to be like me was going to jail. And then finally I went to jail. Even though I wasn't getting shot up, they was all getting shot up, then I got shot up. Mm -hmm. I started seeing, damn, you know, it is my fault. It is, it's not my fault where I made it happen, but it's my fault because I'm smarter than that. Yeah. Now if I was dumb and I was, ignorant is bliss, ignorance is bliss. Now if I was dumb, it'd be cool, it wouldn't be my fault. But it's my fault because I'm smarter than that. I do have another way I can say this. It doesn't mean that I don't feel that way no more. It just means that let me be as smart as them or smarter. 